Super duper do, how are you and do you have an opinion? <laughs> What's your opinion about? What do you believe? What are you convicted about? And they're questions that come up all the time. We live in a world now where, of course, everyone has an opinion and they have the right to have an opinion. Uh, it's been suggested by some people that opinions are like bottoms. Everybody's got one. They come in all different shapes and sizes. And some opinions don't smell so good or what comes out of a person's bottom doesn't smell so good. Interesting analogy. Uh, the question I've got is where do our opinions come from and can we change our opinion, change our mind? Are we open to learning? And there's a really interesting uh, life philosophy at, that has become very popular in the last little while, which is it's easier to fool people than it is to convince them that they have been fooled. When I heard that for the first time, I gave myself a really good self-analysation. I know the word doesn't exist, but I'm constantly doing that. Rowie, do you live in that world? Do you have a headspace where you've been fooled and when you get new information, uh, it's very difficult to convince you that you've been fooled because you've got an opinion? And I don't want to live like that. I want to be open to learning. I want to keep learning. I want to make sure that uh, if I'm sharing something that it's the truth or as, as much of the truth as the world knows right now, and my question is, how about you? When somebody says to you, what do you think? And you produce words out of your mouth. Is it opinion? Is it fact? Is it true? And how do we actually know that? And the reason, of course, that it's so important for me, apart from the fact that I'm an educator and an exercise professional, is I want our kids to be critical thinkers. And I'm sure you've heard that expression. We want our kids to think for themselves. One of the big things at the Max International Colleges is I don't, I don't ever want to tell somebody what to think. How ridiculously irresponsible and disrespectful. I would like people to think for themselves. And how do we learn how to think for ourselves? And there's a great system that uh, I was taught a long time ago and I use it all the time, which is when uh, information is presented to me, if it's brand new or if it's something that I believe to be true, I'm constantly asking why and how. And it's a very simple system. Why do I think that? How does it work? Why am I doing that? How does it work? And could I explain that to a child? Uh, and the beautiful thing is, again, if you go to behavioral science, the behavioral scientists or, or the behavioral science, uh, psychology and how the brain works, neuroscientists, it's been suggested that up until about seven or eight years of age, again, depending on the person, we have a lot of general knowledge. We learn about all sorts of stuff going on in the world. Even at school, it's all different subjects and all different things. But after seven or eight, we start specialising. We start thinking about things specifically. We start having an opinion. And if you've ever chatted to a seven or eight-year-old recently, you'll know that they have very strong opinions. But the language that we use as adults, if, if we uh, consider that a seven or eight-year-old needs to be able to understand it, it's been suggested that we would not only make more sense, but we would keep things simple and easy to understand. There's another great quote, if I can't explain it simply, does that mean that I don't understand it? If it's uh, and my favourite quote of all time, and, and this is the funny one, it all, it's been suggested this one's come from Albert Einstein, but one of the best quotes about Albert Einstein is, I never said half the stuff that people said that I said. I didn't quote those things, somebody else did. But apparently this one came from Albert, which is, uh, geniuses take something really complicated and make it really simple and easy to understand. Somebody with an ego, somebody who isn't very smart, will take something very simple and make it very complicated and hard to understand. 
And I, of course, don't want to do that. How about you? I want to be able to explain things very simply to a seven or eight-year-old. And for me, there's two reasons for that. One is I want to keep things simple and easy to understand. But I really want our seven, eight-year-olds, our young, our future leaders, our young adults, I would love for them to be critical thinkers, to think for themselves. And having been brought up in a religious environment where there was a lot of indoctrination, being told what to think, and here's one of the things that I used to get in trouble for, I'd say, well, can you prove that? And the answer was always, no, you've got to have faith. You've just got to believe it. Well, as an exercise professional and as an educator, I can't afford that headspace. I can't have somebody say to me, you should just have faith that that's true because I'm dealing with the human body. And if you are too, if you're an exercise professional, if you're involved in any way, shape or form in keeping people's brains or bodies healthy, is it possible that we shouldn't just believe, shouldn't just have faith in the experts? And the reason I can share that so passionately Is it possible that experts disagree? And I will share with you in my personal experience, I pick any expert, but particularly in my field, endocrinologists, cardiologists, exercise physiologists, psychologists, psychiatrists, neuroscientists, orthopedic surgeons, they all disagree. They can have the same doctorate degree. They can be a professor of endocrinology, cardiology, neuroscience and they disagree not just disagree they disagree uh, uh, violently and opposingly so where does that leave us as experts because if you listen to one expert you would believe them take on their opinion regurgitate their opinion and think that to be true but if you listen to another opinion and when I say opinion I'm very careful and this is why in my profession I have to be careful because a an expert a professor a doctor delivering their opinion is very different to them delivering information based on anatomy and physiology. And I don't even say science anymore because you can handpick, cherry-pick your scientific research studies. It's very easy to prove a point via science. And I share that with much passion. My husband is a published research scientist. He has had his work reviewed in scientific journals and he's been published as a research scientist. So he could say research shows. But it doesn't matter which research, whether it's K-Mans or an endocrinologist or a cardiologist or a psychologist or an exercise physiologist, all research has opposing research. There's very few things right now in the world that we can actually say a fact. And that's why I love anatomy and physiology and particularly anatomy. Uh, and I had a discussion just recently with one of my students who said, oh, I'm trying to learn all these weird uh, words, rectus femoris and pectoralis major and gracilius and all the different parts of the body. Why is it in this weird language? And the beautiful thing about that weird language is it's Latin. And Latin is a dead language, which means it's, it's not getting updated. It's not, it's not like they've added the word Google to the Latin language. The, the Latin language is a set language. And every single part of the anatomy of the body is in Latin, which is very cool, particularly if you travel. Like I have, I've managed health clubs in Europe, North America, Australia, New Zealand, where it doesn't matter what language you're listening to people talking or what accent they're talking in, uh, the the anatomy words are the same. A rectus femoris, a pectoralis major, a biceps brachii are the same in every single country and that's why I love anatomy and that's why I love physiology because even physiology the application of both of those gets argued all the time but the actual science hasn't changed so these are the body systems these are the body parts these are the bones these are the muscles and nobody's 
disagreeing with that. It's not like we're growing new bones or, or we've got a different endocrine system that works differently. It's, it's a beautiful science. So here's my very uh, personal question and personal request. As an exercise professional, you will be bombarded with information from both sides of every story. Whether it's what to eat, how to exercise, how often to exercise, how much to eat, what's going to hurt you, what, what, how to recover from injury, is stretching good or bad, how many steps should you do, how many glasses should you drink, all of that that you might think is science because you've heard it so often. And that's one of the challenges, isn't it? If you hear something over and over and over and over, is it possible that we start believing it? And there's another one of my favorite quotes, 50 million people doing a dumb thing doesn't mean it's not a dumb thing. Just because 50 million people choose to believe something doesn't mean that it's true. And I don't want to be part of that 50 million. I want to be part of the group, a very tiny group of people now that question everything. And I don't question for the sake of being a pain in someone's ass. I think that as a human being, I have the right to ask. So my special request is this. If you want to be a critical thinker, if you want to uh, learn for yourself, if you want to know for yourself, if you want to think for yourself, not be told what to think, could it be a really good idea to, number one, learn your anatomy and physiology? Because that's everything about how the brain works, including how the brain can be brainwashed, how the brain can be tricked, how the brain believes things that are not true, uh, because again, if you if you create patterns in your brain over and over and over, your brain starts to believe it. Well, I want to understand that process, don't you? If somebody says you should eat this way because it's healthy, I don't want to just believe them because they're a, a, a doctor of dietetics. I want to know that that is exactly how the human body works. And that is the really important part of learn your anatomy, learn your physiology, learn how the brain works, learn how the endocrine system works. How do the endocrine and central nervous systems work together? Uh, how does the digestive system work? How does the body turn food into energy so that we can go and do all the things that we want to do? That's how the human body works. And is it possible that if we understand the connection between the body and the brain and how it all works together, that we would ask better questions of the experts? Uh, I've been involved in too many situations, very personal situations with my own family, where a doctor has said, don't do that, it's bad, but they've never got a second opinion. Or don't eat that, it's unhealthy, but they never got a second opinion. I'll use a simple one. Uh, if I say breakfast is the, most people finish that sentence for me and say the most important meal of the day. But there are plenty of endocrinologists, longevity experts, cardiologists, exercise physiologists that are suggesting that breakfast is not the most important meal of the day and we should consider why it might not be. Uh, you're here, you should do 10,000 steps every day. My question is always, why is it 10,000? Why is it not 9,000? Why is it not 11,000? What if I'm taller? What if I'm shorter? What if I'm, what if I'm fitter? What if I do those steps slowly or fast? See, that's called thinking for yourself. That's a statement, you should do 10,000 steps. But why would I do that? And how does that actually work? Uh, another fun one is eight glasses of water every day or two litres of water every day. I always ask, well, why? You'll hear it all the time. The experts regurgitate it. You'll hear personal trainers and gym instructors and fitness people regurgitate eight glasses, two litres. But I've always questioned that because how big are the glasses? No one ever says they should be X number of millilitres or litres glasses. Uh, what if I'm tall? What if I'm short? What if I live in a hot place? What if I sweat more than another person? What if I, your brain is made up predominantly of water? What if I think more often? Do I need more water for that? Uh, I'm not, in fact, I'll go a step further. I don't want to be the person that believes 
what other people tell me because other people are just people and I don't know about you but have you ever been wrong I certainly have many 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 times in my life and usually because I've regurgitated other people's opinions I've said something and had to then go back and go hey I was really wrong that is really not how the human body works or that is not how that system works another way that I've been caught very uh, inappropriately and it's cost me a lot of money is business experts who've written books and I believed them because they had a you know a doctorate of economics or a doctorate of accounting and they've written a book and the challenge with of course that is somebody who's a, a doctor of accounting or economics may never have run a business I've had people who uh, have shared information with me about business and it makes sense when you hear it the first time but when you actually run a business it doesn't make any sense at all and that's what I'm asking is don't get caught like I have in between the two lots of experts who disagree. How about we think for ourselves? So why would I do that? How does it work? Do I know my anatomy? Do I know my physiology? Or am I just repeating other people's opinions? And then even if it's worked for me, I might say, well, this is, I believe this because, and that's where convictions come from. I tried it. It worked. It must be true. It must be right. But as an exercise professional, is it important? And again, I uppercut myself and kick my own backside on a regular basis. What works for me might not work for somebody else. What has been effective for me might not be effective for somebody else. And even more importantly, is it possible that my lifestyle is different to somebody else's lifestyle? So this might fit into what I do, but will it fit into somebody that's got four children or they travel regularly or they've they've got uh, much more stress in their life there's all different things that come into into play when we deal with individual human beings and that's one of the really big challenges that I'm asking you to consider is if you give out information as an exercise professional as a parent a teacher a coach a boss a leader and it's going to have an effect on somebody's life long term, have we really considered what that could do to somebody's life? And I'm going to give you a very interesting story on that. Everyone's got a right to an opinion. Everybody's got a bottom. <laughs> and they come in all shapes and sizes. I'll just clarify that. I've got a business associate who shared this really interesting story with me. Uh, she wanted to uh, support her family and her children, and she was divorced. So she looked for the best way to create money for her family and she decided that she would do home parties selling and I can't remember what it was, it was Tupperware or baby's clothes or that, the, the whole party plan home party system because it would fit in with her, she could do it when her kids were in bed asleep and she thought it would be the perfect thing for her. Cut a very long story short, she ran her first party, asked her friend the opinion of you know did I did, did did I do a good job with the party and her friend's opinion was her opinion was no you were terrible because she trusted her friend and because she believed her friend would tell her the truth she decided that she wouldn't go into the party plan business and she ended up stacking shelves in a supermarket again cut a very long story short uh, there came a time in the supermarket when somebody who came into the supermarket to do those, you know, sometimes when you go to the, the supermarket, there's a person who's sat, uh, sharing with you, please taste this or try this or what do you think of this? Those little booths in, in some of the aisles in the supermarket. Well, one day at the supermarket, somebody didn't show up to do that job. And my business associate said, well, I'll do it because the stuff's here and it has to be promoted. She sold a lot of stuff that day. That then turned her into the top salesperson for that particular product because she was poached by that product. 
And she ended up, the reason that she became or came into my life is we spoke at a massive business conference together and she is one of the top sales trainers in the world. She teaches people how to communicate effectively so you can sell a product with passion, with enthusiasm and with integrity. She's really good at it. And what was really ironic is she was at this very big conference, thousands of people there learning how to be great salespeople. And that same woman who told her that she was terrible came up to her at the end of her chat at this conference and said, congratulations, you're, you're amazing. And my business associate said, really? Do you remember the first time I tried to do this and you told me that I wasn't very good at it and I would never be successful at it? And her friend put put that headspace into the, the, the memory of what had happened. She said, oh my God, did you believe me? I was having a bad day that day. I would have told you anything to make you feel bad because I was feeling bad. Our opinion, which we have the right to have, is it possible that doesn't matter who it is, what human, what expert, what professor, what doctor, what lawyer, what expert, Everybody has the right to an opinion and is it possible that their opinion is not always based on the truth? It's not always based on anatomy and physiology. It's not always based on what actually works and whether or not it would work for somebody. So before you listen to somebody's opinion, before you take somebody's advice, before you listen to what a doctor tells you, you've got this disease or you're going to die, or and I'll use that again as another example, how many people have been told they're going to die and 20, 30, 40, 50 years later they're still alive? Because the doctor that gave them the information, it, it would have been a good idea to get a second opinion. Uh, the reverse of that, is it possible that if, if a doctor tells you you're going to die and you believe them, you might actually die sooner? And that's the power of the brain. And the reason I can share that so confidently is when you study neuroscience and how the brain works, when we're told something, we'll believe it, we're more, well, our brain can't do any different. If I say to my own brain, you can't, my brain believes me and I can't do it. If I say to my brain, how can I, my brain now opens up and comes up with lots of different ideas and I can actually brainstorm with my own brain. I'm asking, begging, challenging you to please Consider that everything that we know might not be true. Or what if we treated it this way? Everything we believe is not true. And let's go back and prove that it is true or decide for ourselves whether or not it is true. Is breakfast the most important meal of the day? Do we need to do 10,000 steps? Is it eight glasses? Do we need to eat three times a day or should we only be eating one time a day? Uh, how many sets of exercises should we do? How many reps should we do? What are safe exercises? Do we know our anatomy and physiology and how the human body works to be able to answer those questions based on not science, because there's plenty of science to prove all of those, but there's also plenty of science to prove that they're wrong. So which one do you believe? Is it possible that even if you don't have an opinion about anatomy, physiology, exercise, wouldn't it be good to go to the experts with more intelligent questions? And that's one of the things I'm really proud of. Uh, I deal with, on a regular basis, endocrinologists, cardiologists, orthopedic surgeons, doctors of dietetics, exercise physiologists, doctors of neuroscience. And I don't ever argue with them. I just ask questions. But I can ask better questions because I've got a better understanding of how the human body works. And then when I go into those conversations and ask the questions, I can analyze the answers more effectively. If a new exercise comes on into the planet and they, they arrive on a regular basis, uh, just because there's an, an expert sharing that it's a great exercise, I don't have to rely on that expert. I can analyze that exercise for myself. 
what joints are being used, what's happening at the joint. Is it a compression force or a shearing force? What muscles are being used? Is there a better exercise? What's the benefit of that exercise or is it dangerous? Is it ineffective? Will it be really slow? See, when you understand your anatomy and physiology, you can analyze all of that for yourself. Now, I'm not pretending to be an anatomist or a physiologist or any of the experts that I deal with. I just want to know for myself, how about you? I don't want somebody to control my brain. I don't want somebody to control my feelings. I don't want somebody to control what I believe. I, and I'll share again, I was brought up in an environment where people told me to have faith. Rowie, there is a God, have faith. Rowie, this is what happened. You've got to have faith. And what, whatever it is that you believe, all I'm asking is there are some things in the world like our health and fitness and our well-being and how we deal with the rest of uh, what the world's sharing with us about our human body. We don't have to have faith. We don't have to believe the expert. We can actually learn it for ourselves. So whatever your opinion, whatever your belief, whatever your conviction, whatever your religion, your political persuasion your beliefs about food and exercise and parenting and financial planning. May we be the adults who think for ourselves, not regurgitate other people's opinions. Thank you for coming to Romax. My name's Rowie and Romax is here every single day because I would love the world to be healthy, fit and strong. I'd love everybody to have a career or business that they love or be waking up every day doing what they love. I would love to be the person that can share openly and, and passionately how simple it is to be financially free and wouldn't it be awesome to just have people in our lives who are respectful of our opinion uh, and how to deal with the people that are not respectful of our opinion that's what Romax is all about healthy fit and strong career or business that you love be financially free and have great people in your life and and you'll often hear me share this this is not opinion I'm just asking questions because I think we as humans should be critical thinkers we should think for ourselves not be told what to think so super duper do, how are you? May we think for ourselves. Woohoo!